I'm Amber. And hi, I'm Brenda, and this is the Minority Millennial Money Podcast. Welcome back. So we're going to talk to you today about a tweet that actually I wrote. Um, A bunch of people were talking about the Mary J. Blige situation. Brenda, I know you've been following it a little bit just from Twitter and um, everybody retweeting things. But basically, Mary J. Blige was a famous singer, um, extremely famous singer. What'd you say? Just in the Super Bowl. She did sing the Super Bowl. I forgot about that. I didn't watch the Super Bowl. But um, she's legendary essentially um she's like one of the biggest singers i don't know that we have so she was married to a guy who is actually sort of a semi-famous music producer um Hmm. definitely less famous than her um they got married they got a prenup um he had three kids prior to getting into the marriage Mm-hmm. Um, they got a prenup. Everything was great. Of course, years later, things don't work out. He has a mistress. Him mm-hmm. and the mistress spend all Mary's money. He takes this wow. girl on trips with her money, um, takes her leased cars that are super nice. We're talking about she was living way above her means slash he was using her money to live way above their means. And so she goes mm-hmm. to the divorce. And of course, um, they start arguing about alimony. Now, in the prenup, they had decided that there would be no alimony. Yeah, go ahead. Question. If you're the one that wants the divorce, it's the other person who gets alimony, or is the person who gets alimony the one who made less in the marriage? Yeah, so it, it has nothing to do with who files for divorce. It doesn't matter okay. who files. It just, both people could be getting alimony. Right, like that both people could get alimony nominal amounts. Obviously, it wouldn't make sense to do it that way. But um, usually it's the person who so his argument is that Mary was providing him a very high lifestyle. And you tip in, like I said before on the other episode, if you start providing somebody with a really rich or high class lifestyle, you have to keep that up. Um, they don't get to go back and be poor the next day after the divorce is over. And so his argument was that she's providing me with this lifestyle, like everyone's argument is in these cases, and I want to continue it. Does the lifestyle include the mistress? Does he get to keep that too? Apparently. Apparently. Nice. You don't think it's funny? <laughs> I mean, it's just crazy. Like, it's insane to me that somebody could literally contribute to the demise of the relationship and then turn around and say, well, you provided me with all this stuff, so I want to keep getting it, you know? So anyway. Reason number 538, why marriage is a bad financial idea. <laughs> no, agree. And honestly, after I saw this, and I, this is what went viral on Twitter, not viral, but a couple people responded, was that I was like, you know what? At a certain point, you have too much money to get married. Like, <laughs> I don't, this is bad. Like, she did everything right. She got a prenup. You said that, so what happened to the prenup? So basically what happened was when they signed it, he did not get his own legal counsel. Mm. 
probably because what they did was they went to one lawyer that she paid for. The lawyer probably said, listen, I can just draw this up for you. We don't have to do anything else. The husband probably agreed at the time. And of mm -hmm. course, now he's saying, oh, well, I didn't understand anything. That was her lawyer. I didn't have a lawyer. I wasn't represented by counsel. I didn't know what I was signing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what he claimed. He had no idea what he was signing. And so now he has a lawyer and now he's saying he doesn't know. And of course, the courts threw it out because again, just like I said on the other episode that we had, that can happen if you have a situation where both people aren't represented by counsel. You have a situation where, you know, he's like, oh, well, things are different now. This is years later. And, and another thing of this, he started producing for her. He started being a manager for her at some point. Mm -hmm. so, he, so, so his argument is even greater. Because he was on her payroll? Kind of yes. Thing? I'm losing a client and I'm losing my wife. Oh my gosh. Cry me a river. Right. So what if, I guess this is a dumb question because you can't get a prenup without a lawyer. So it's not like both people could go without a lawyer and get a prenup. They could. I mean, you can get forms from online and sign them and fill them in if you understood it. But they're not, but they, so they are legal documents? Yeah, absolutely. You can get a prenup and file it or whatever. I'm just thinking like, if I were to get a prenup, like we would both have to get a lawyer yeah. or we both don't get a lawyer. That's good to know. I mean, if you both don't get a lawyer, you could still say, I didn't understand what I was signing. I didn't have a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, you can even say it if you did have a lawyer. You could say, well, my counsel didn't provide me with good legal counsel. I, you know, things have changed. Basically, the prenups aren't ironclad, which is what I said in, the, in our old episode, and we've seen it play out in real life now. And now this is what kills me, right? He asked for like over $100,000 a month. And part of it was to pay his child support for the three kids that he had prior to the marriage. Mm. I quite literally almost died. <laughs> <laughs> like the audacity. I just, I, just, I want to know where this audacity grows and the where audacity. people get it. I, I really, especially the men, it just comes so easily to them. You know, I'm not and, a man hater. Listen, I love men, but I just, I just, if I had one ounce of that confidence, the things I could do. It's insane to me. And also, so he, she had a bunch of lease cars and uh, apparently he never returned them. So she's on the hook for that money. So I w first, because you did mention this, I do want to go back to the fact that she was living beyond her means. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. So that was the base problem. Well, she, she but she claims it was because he was spending the money on it, the mistress. Oh, so they were fine before he got the mistress. I mean, who knows? Probably not. Probably he was why spending you, the money. They were both probably. If you're a millionaire, like, why are you leasing cars? All, the, all of them lease cars because they want new cars every few years. And you <sighs> can get like, you know, the greatest car ever and pay a monthly payment as opposed to buying you know a car for a hundred yeah, or fifty thousand dollars so they all lease cars um it's a thing so what's what's the resolution here like what's happening she has to pay um i think the judge settled on like thirty thousand a month so at the point where they broke up she didn't have enough money to live anymore she couldn't pay her rent yeah because what had happened was she was millions of dollars i want to say in debt the millions? Judge, yeah, 
the judge admonished her in court and said, you need to stop living above your means, which to me is like a special kind of like low where you're at court and your husband has just spent all your money is asking you to pay for his children and his child support still probably with the mistress or several mistresses. And the judge tells you probably should stop living above your means (laughs) as your home, as your homeless. Oh, that's painful. Cringe. I mean, like. (laughs) So you said you watched an interview she did? Yeah, she did an interview. She's been doing a lot of press because, you know, the Super Bowl and she just had an album that just came out, but she recently did an interview. And she needs to make money. Yeah. Well, yeah. She said that on the Breakfast Club interview. She said it sounded like she was basically in retirement, which has been the case, I think, for the past few years. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's like, you know, now, unfortunately, I have to work. She was like, I've got to take whatever I can get. I've got to do music. I've got to do deals. I got to put out albums. And let me tell you, Mary J. Blige is legendary. Mm -hmm. There is no reason why she should still be working. If her 50s, I think she's 51. Yeah. I looked it up and I saw her at the Super Bowl because I was like, dang, girl. Yeah. But to have a long and exhausting career like that and then to have it all taken away, that's so upsetting. So we were talking about this. So this all got us into, we got here from a conversation on A, the Tinder swindler. Yeah. And B, moving in with people before you're married. Yes. And without a lease. Yes. So. Or with, you said with a mortgage. Right. So like, for example, if I moved in with my boyfriend before we got married, not even like if we were just engaged. Right. And oh, because I posted a poll on Twitter and I was like, if this came from a conversation I had with a neighbor because she was asking me if I was going to move in with him. And I was like, I don't know, like maybe later this year, but um, I would like to be engaged first because I would want some commitment before I give up my own living situation. Right. Um, it's just a security thing for me. It's a safety thing. Like I need a commitment. And, and I was like, but it would be nice to like save some money, but that wouldn't be the reason that I would do it. Um, and she was like, what, you're going to pay rent. And I was like, yeah, I anticipated that I would. And she was like, no, you shouldn't contribute towards his mortgage because he does have a mortgage. Um, and then I, t- I think I brought that up to you, right? Yeah. Yeah. We talked about, about it. it. And then Twitter, you talked about it on Twitter. Yeah. And you were like, I don't know if you were the one who brought it up, but somebody said that if you move into someone's house and it's, it's like, if you rent together, then that's one thing. But if you move into someone's house who has a mortgage and you're directly contributing to the housing cost, which I don't see how you could prove that you're not, if you're giving them a lump sum of money every month right then you would have a right to the equity is that true i mean so have a right is a a weird term right like i don't know that you would have a right but certainly you could claim if you were to so are you married in this scenario or are you single in this scenario you're not married you just moved in i don't think you'd have a right to the equity oh okay because i think that creates a lease situation where you're like leasing an unofficial it. lease basically um you would have but to go to have lease, lease paperwork i don't it, it's it's sort of a constructive lease so there's constructive and actual constructive is like where it's not actual 
you're you're on notice of it because it's happening versus like you actually having like a signed contract. It's kind of okay. like if I were living here and my one year lease ends and then my landlord never says anything and then I just pay them every month the same price. A month to month lease occurs, even though we haven't discussed it. A month to month lease occurs. I'm just leasing. So okay. if you're if you're not married, assuming you're so it depends too if you're in a community property state and how long you've I been am. together. So in some states, they have this common law marriage rule where like after a certain amount of years, they deem you married. And so at that point, then you have cer certain rights that like a spouse would have. But it depends on what state you're in. But like if you just moved in for six months and you were paying the more part of the mortgage or all of the mortgage and you aren't married, I can't imagine you could do anything. I mean, you could go to court and say what like stop breach of contract. It's not it's promissory estoppel maybe saying that someone was unjustly enriched because you paid them but like I don't think you have any basis um to mm -hmm. sue them a small claims court I mean I don't know what you would I don't think you'd be entitled to anything at that point okay um, I'll have to let him know because he was freaking out <laughs> <laughs> I think the issue comes in with the other scenario that we were talking about the other day where a couple does not get married and then they go buy a house together get a mortgage together yeah that's, that's super big no 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 it's super concerning because <laughs> i love that i love that super concerning is like your euphemism for like so effing stupid <laughs> <laughs> it's like lawyer speak right like <laughs> like oh that is super concerning <laughs> concerning <laughs> mm, this concerns me <laughs> actions cause me concern so tell us what concerns you it concerns me because <laughs> think about it like okay so let's say I, you get into this house with this person that you're dating and after let's say six months you don't want to be in the relationship anymore you want to move out all right well guess what you're going to have to do you're going to have to have your person refinance and put it under their name if they can afford it if they can afford it because if you got the house together it's possible that they maybe can't afford it on one income or maybe they can but are they going to be able to take over the full mortgage payment of that house because usually when you get a house with someone it's because you nice it together yes right yes. the other option is you could sell the house however that could take months to sell a house. I was in that situation. I'm selling my house. I had moved out of Springfield, moved back up to Chicago area. It took me like, I think over a year to sell my house. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. And I was still paying the mortgage, the expenses and everything. I ended up renting it out. That went terribly. I already talked about that in the real estate episode, but I ended up renting it out only because I couldn't sell. So what happens if you you want to end the relationship and you're still selling your house six months down the line and now you've moved on with somebody, someone else and you still got to have regular contact with your ex because you got to mm. sell this house mm. and you got to still pay for that house until it sells. So let's say you are in it for six months and then what happens if your partner stops paying, your ex-partner stops paying? Then that goes on your credit. Mm. Here's the thing though, is like, I don't get how people can get into a mortgage before they have some commitment from the other person. And I just, I don't mean this just from the woman's side, like, oh, you should get a commitment. 
I mean this from the man's side too, because like, mm-hmm. what if he's the one that wants to break up? You don't know if she's gonna go nuts on you. Yep. Or if he's gonna do that, right? Like, yep. and I've had a friend get divorced and she's told me like, the person you divorce is not the person you married. So oh, like yeah. when you marry, you're like, he would never do that to me, you know? Yep. And then you get, you're getting divorced and you're like, wow, this is a side of him. I never thought I'd see. And like, he's so nasty, et cetera. Absolutely. Well, so, I, had we, I mean, every time I see that, like someone bought a house with their significant other that they're not married to you and I just are like heavy sigh. I'm concerned. <laughs> it is, it is. And it's just, it's frustrating because, and you know, I've told you before, this is how domestic violence starts and this That's is another how thing. it continues because if you're in a situation where all of a sudden he starts hitting you or all of a sudden he starts taking your credit cards away or whatever, it's going to be a long legal battle to get out of that. And a lot of domestic violence victims, you're at the point where you're so low, your self-esteem is so low, you cannot fight for yourself. And if in this situation, you have to get up ready to fight every day. If you want to get out of this mortgage, you have right. to fight. You may have to go to court. You may have to file eviction notices. You may have to have extra money, you know, restraining orders. How are you going to do this? You have to be able to fight. And that's the point of domestic violence. They, they put you in a position where you can't do anything. And I've had court cases like this. I've done criminal cases like this where right. the woman is like, you know what? He's taking everything. I don't think I can do this. And it's like, well, here, but you better get up and try. Every day, you really do. And I've been at portions of my life, I'm, you know, I'm not talking about domestic violence, but just generally adversity, trying mm-hmm. to get ahead, trying to finish college with no support. You literally have to be in a battlefield, sometimes mm-hmm. daily with your You're emotions, fine. with your mental, it is hard, yeah. you know? It is really difficult. So, yeah. you know, I think it's a bad idea and this, I was bringing this up because, I, you know, we just, I, you didn't watch the Tinder swindler, did you? I haven't, but I feel like I've heard about it enough that I know like what happened. Yeah. So, you know, they talk about in the beginning of the movie, this girl, when, you know, we're talking about how do you get yourself in a situation where you get swindled for, you know, over a hundred thousand euro. Um, and, you know, she starts talking about Disney and she starts saying, like, I grew up watching this stuff and I just thought that, like, I would meet a fairy tale person. Like, I've been looking for this fairy tale. And, and Mary J. Blige says it too, or someone else said it. Like, you know, when they married people, they felt like, oh, you know, this is going to be a fairy tale. I finally met my person. Like, yes, I'm so excited. And they get caught up in all of this faux love. Like, um, <laughs> Like the idealism or the the romanticized version of like what reality is, I guess. And yeah. and I think in a way, like I I I try to be a realist without being cynical, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a thin line I walk. <laughs> but it has served me well. <laughs> yeah. I will say that. So okay, so earlier you said at some point it's just not financially advantageous to get married yeah you shouldn't buy a house with someone that you're not married to so like for example me and my partner we both already own real estate so I think we would probably just have to rent something together right like I'd rather either like 
we sign paperwork and get married that way. And then, you know, assets incurred in the marriage would be split evenly if there was a separation right, or right. we just don't sign a paper and do the outward ceremonial stuff. And honestly, like I'm all for renting like something really nice. Mm-hmm. Same. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's not like we're trying to get an asset. We already have them and we could probably afford something nicer if we just rented it. Right. Yeah. It depends on where you live. Um, but most places I would say you could probably rent something nicer than you could buy it for just because you're, the liability is not there as far as if something breaks down or if something happens, you know, especially if you guys already have liability from the places that you own. Right. And frankly, I just don't want to take on more mortgage debt. Right. And it's hard to get all those mortgages too. It is. In your name. Right. If you wanted to leave again, if you wanted to leave for some reason, it would be hard to get another mortgage. It would be hard to get another lease because you have so many mortgages in your name. Yeah. I, I don't want to think about it, but I think that's overall like good advice. You know, like if you're not willing to sign a marriage certificate, don't sign a mortgage. Right. Right. Um, I think but, that's the bottom line, right? But and you just brought up too. Go ahead. The Mary J situation. Like what is the solution that I think one solution is not to ever get married, unfortunately. And I saw something on Twitter that said like Oprah understood the assignment. And I totally <laughs> understand that now because she definitely understood the assignment. You could just live with somebody for basically ever. If you have a ceremony for your family, if you want. Oprah no one, is goals. No one actually has to know that you're not married. Right. Unless you live in a, compu- uh, a common law marriage state, but don't live in one of those. Well, I do. And actually I just looked at the rules while we were talking about it and you don't have to live with them for any amount of time, but the criteria are that you have to agree to be married. Mm -hmm. You have to live together Uh and you have to call each other husband and wife. Mm, Sneaky. Mm -hmm. Illinois doesn't have that. You can live with someone all day long. Come on. I know. What did you expect? Cringe. (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> no, I mean, like, honestly, that's looking like the best move. <laughs> I mean, I think I, I wouldn't just do it to protect myself, but I think it's something that I would do to protect my partner. Of course. You know what I mean? Like, while my intentions are very good, <laughs> of course. Let's, let's just take care of each other by not and, and divorces are so expensive. I mean, yep. can you imagine how much Mary J. Blige spent on this? Oh my God. She had to pay for his attorney's him. fees. Yeah. She had to pay for his attorney's fees and hers. Yeah. They ordered that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's insane. Um, <laughs> it's totally insane. I think that, you know, like I said before about Disney, I think that a lot of young girls are told to watch Disney and a lot of parents will restrict access to any other, you know, shows when kids are young to just Disney and Nickelodeon and our heads are filled with this garbage of like this Prince Charming and all this weird stuff. Listen, the best thing I watched was the Cheetah Girls where they were like i don't want to end up like cinderella waiting on a prince to come set me free i'm gonna set myself free 
Okay. Amen. Exactly. In the words Amen. of the Cheetah Girls. And I agree. And like Disney needs to be held accountable, in my opinion. <laughs> Disney is responsible for the naivety that's going on. This is ridiculous. I just don't understand how you think that's a reality. I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like what earth, what planet do you live on? But in the Tinder swindler, I actually felt bad for those women. All of them spent over a hundred thousand euro on this guy. And, you know, one of them was just his friend and all of it They, you know, he was flying them out in his private jet and doing all these lavish things and taking them on lavish vacations. So they thought he was good for it. They thought he was a billionaire son. And so when he was like, my enemies are after me, I need money. My security guard has been uh, stabbed. Like, I need you to send me this money right now. My accounts are frozen. They genuinely thought, oh my God, he's taking me on a private jet. He's done all this thing for me. Of course I have to do this, you know? And they gave him all this money and, you know, again. Girl, just learn how to take a private jet ride and not owe anything back. <laughs> There's one scene where she's lying next to him and he has these scars on his back and she's like, what are these scars? And he's like, oh my God, I got detained in South Africa. It was like on discrimination purposes and they held me and they beat me. Um, I would have been out because um, you probably got detained by the police because you were involved with foolery. <laughs> you know, I was a prosecutor, right? So I've been there where you know, people are coming in like, they're trying to hold a black man down. I didn't do anything. It's like, we got you on video. Please stop. Please stop. You did it. You're here. You're like, you would be like, I'm concerned. This <laughs> <laughs> is concerning. This is very concerning. Like you clearly did it. We have evidence. Do you really think we will waste our time and energy bring you in here if you were innocent? And that goes back to the audacity. That goes back to the naivety that people have listen i know there's a lot on social media and a lot on the media about innocent people being convicted of crimes it happens very rarely mm. but because people see it on the news they think oh my god all the people in jail they didn't do it be there innocent <laughs> i spent my first couple years in prisons because i did prisoner litigation for the state and oh that place is awful and then after that, I was a prosecutor. So listen, it's not what people want to say it is. <laughs> a lot of them were involved. To the extent of their involvement is another story for the courts to figure out. But most of the time, if you're locked up for something, you probably did it. <laughs> right. Like the odds of you being one of those cases that is like right. unjustly Right. you know prosecuted it's like very low yes um and prosecutors are arguing the legality of the situation right you could be actually guilty but not legally be guilty you could be legally not guilty which i tr truly believe in you know i believe in the justice system in, in, in that extent like okay if we can't prove it if we don't have any evidence whether you did it or not you're not legally right. guilty so that's mm. another story i'm not saying that you know i'm biased or that every case i do you know, I know the person did it and I'm whatever. If you're not legally guilty, we can't prosecute you. Absolutely. But if we're just talking about the actual crux of the situation of someone saying, I got illegally held in South Africa, like, huh? You think the South African government has those types of resources? <laughs> I mean, like, honestly. They didn't teach you that on Disney? Like, what are you, like, what are you 
discussing. I know, I know. Well, I mean, I think we taught some valuable lessons today and that is watch the cheetah girls. <laughs> don't buy a house with someone you're not married to. Oh God, yeah, don't do At that. At some point, it is not smart to get married when you have a significant amount of assets. Yeah. And um, that's it really, just three lessons. Sorry guys, there weren't, there weren't really that many. <laughs> if you get a prenup, it's not ironclad. And I just- There you go. Very Blad should be your guide. What not um, to do. Yes, especially for the people who are like, oh my God, we don't need a prenup. Oh okay, God. We could just pay up, not get a prenup and just pay our house in cash. And then we have no mortgage and then everything will be great forever. Oh dear. Okay. Well, hopefully nobody out there is in a Mary J. Bly situation. If you are, or you have a similar story, let us know. We want to know all the juicy details. Prayers to you. (laughs) Prayers to you. We're concerned. We're very concerned. Please don't. (laughs) Please get out now. Seriously, please get out. (laughs) And with that, we'll say goodbye. Bye guys.